Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Here they are, your Weekend Warriors, Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. I'm Corey Valdez. And I'm Tony Cookston. Thanks for tuning in with us today. We've got another great show for you. Uh, I hope everyone's being safe out there. The uh, smoke continues in our areas, and uh, it's really crazy. It, you know, all of this on top of a pandemic. Yeah. It's crazy. We Last week, we talked about fires, so uh, it's the fires are uh, still there, but they're getting better, thank goodness. And uh, but the smoke, man, the smoke—it's terrible. Well, you know, uh, it's 2020, right? 2020 seems to be the year that keeps on giving. Uh, I know whatever happened to murder hornets? Remember those? <laughs> no, what are what in the world are those? That was uh, that was another 2020 thing. They were saying murder hornets. They were coming in from, I mean, I don't even know where. Wow, Central America or something. I guess Murder it wasn't as, I guess it wasn't as much of a threat as a pandemic and <laughs> yeah. and uh, wildfires. Yeah, they drowned out pretty quick. But uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, well, it's a lot um, from air quality issues to uh, air quality issues, right? I mean, first it's a it's a virus that's getting passed around, and now you can't breathe because of all the smoke in the air. So we're wearing a mask anyway you look at it. We just upgraded from, you know, the pandemic mask. They had said, okay, well, it's just a face covering. You just need to cover your face with some sort of cloth or whatever. And now they're like, no, 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 no. N95, N95, because it filters the stuff that's in the smoke that's bad for your lungs, right? Yeah. So that's the thing we've moved on. We just, we've upgraded our mask scenario. <laughs> I'm, the next step is going to be a respirator. We're going to have to have a respirator just right. to walk around town. It's, you're going to start seeing them on Amazon. I guarantee it. Respirators. Like, uh, yeah, like personal breathing machines. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like backpack style. SCBA, self-contained breathing apparatus. Yeah. We're all looking like comes out and goes into your backpack and then another tube's out. Yeah. Comes back in. It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. It solves the pandemic problem too. <laughs> so, a lot of people wouldn't say solves. I mean, you you uh, you know you wouldn't be breathing that uh, nastiness <laughs> down in there and getting all sick. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot that's going on. You know what? But in the midst of all of it, we still have projects. We still have things. Like here's a primary example, Corey. Um, in the midst of all of this chaos and weirdness that's going on, we still own a home that is worth a mint, right? Yeah. And we have to protect the value of that home, which is uh, which we have to do on a regular basis. And here we are. It's fall. Well, it's fall coming up in a few days. On Tuesday... September 22nd is the first official day of fall. And I know I've felt it. The temperature has dropped. It's starting to get that little little chill in the air, which I love. Fall is my favorite time of year. And uh, once these smoke from the wildfires get out of here, I'll be a lot happier. But uh, yeah, you're right. There are a lot of 
projects that we need to do to get ready for winter. Right. Fall is a precursor to winter. And uh, and definitely fall is here. And there's a lot of things we need to do to prepare our home to battle those winter elements so that it doesn't suffer damage and lose value. That's very uh, important. Not to mention the things that you need to do in order to assure your comfort during the cold winter months and, and all of that stuff. So we need to talk about that today because yeah. while a lot of those items will be on your mind, you'll be thinking about them. You won't really want to do them, but you'll be thinking about them. But there are some things you won't think about. Uh, here's one. Corey today was thinking about fall home maintenance and he was thinking, you know what? I need to order some more filters for my furnace. That's right. Need to order some more filters for my furnace. And you did that today. Well, no, I did it last week, as a matter of fact. And I don't know if you've been to any store lately that sells furnace filters, but they are cleaned out. Well, a lot of people out there looking for a designation on your furnace filter that's called MERV 13. Right. And a MERV 13 filters out that that dangerous stuff that's that you're breathing in when right. you're breathing smoke-filled air. That's yeah, that's in the air. The furnace filters are designated by a MERV rating, and they go from MERV rating one, which would be like uh hardly anything. To, I think the highest is uh, maybe a MERV 13, 14? I don't know. It's pretty far up there. And then, but it's that's kind of like on the level of a HEPA filter. Right. Right. It's It filters out, they say even viruses, as a matter of fact. It's crazy how high these MERV ratings go. You have to keep in mind, though, as the higher MERV rating that you have, the more your furnace is going to work. So you want to be cautious about the type of furnace filter that you put into your furnace. You wouldn't want to put something in there that it's not designed to handle. So just be careful there because, like I said, the, the higher the rating, uh, the denser that fabric is in there, and it's just going to be... The harder the furnace has to work to yeah. get air through it. Uh, so that makes really good sense. Um, but... Another notable thing is that the higher the MERV rating, the more expensive the filter filter is going to be. So it's going to cost you more. And of course, now with wildfires being crazy, it's also they're also harder to get. Yeah, they're they're super hard to get. I actually so I went on. I was thinking about this before uh, the smoke really got bad, and I bought them you know, about two weeks ago, about a week and a half ago, and the it took like. 12 days or something for them to come in. Lo and behold, they shipped the wrong ones. So oh. here's my furnace filter that is black. The filter is so dark with pollutants that uh, I'm surprised it's even running right now. Well, you it's there. You can't see a lot of times uh, the stuff that's in the air, right? But you can smell it, right? It smells like a campfire. Sometimes you can see ash uh, in the air, actually solids that are coming down from the sky, but mostly you can't see it. But I'll tell you what, here is something that I came across. This last weekend, we were out uh, at an evacuation site helping to hand out uh, water and food for some people who had been evacuated from their homes. 
And while we were out there, um, when Friday went to Saturday and Saturday morning, we came out into the area where all the tents were and we had um, power buckets were stacked up out there. And there was a very heavy fog or dew that had landed on everything. And it was creating condensation inside of the buckets. And that condensation was yellow from the contaminants that the condensation was pulling out of the air. And that showed me what's really in there. Yucky. We're going to talk about that and more. Fall home maintenance. You're listening to Tony Corey, your weekend warriors. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Thanks for staying with us. Today we're talking about fall home maintenance. Uh, before the break, we were talking about furnace filters. Uh, like I said, it's it's on my mind. You should change your furnace filter often. A lot of people don't. Uh, those really thin ones, you know, the one inch thick or the uh, one, one and a half inch thick filters, those are meant to be changed a lot more often. You know, you're supposed to change those out like every month or two months. The thicker ones, you know, I have a four-inch filter in my furnace. They say that those last about a year, nine nine months to a year. And uh, But right now, with all of the uh, dense smoke in the Pacific Northwest, you were talking about the contaminants in the air. Uh, I would highly recommend that when all the smoke is gone, just replace, get a new one. Replace it. They are difficult to get. So you might have to do some uh, online searching. I went to a few stores this last uh, last week looking for a standard 24 by 24 or 25 by 25 furnace filter because I was gonna I saw this trick online, Tony, where you put a furnace filter on the back side of a box fan and you just tape it on there. A box van fan box fan. Oh a box van yeah. fan. Oh, fan. Yeah, box fan. You turn it on, and it draws the air through that filter and, you know, cleans the air a little bit. Yeah. So I was I was That's on the lookout. You, I went to two different stores, zero furnace filters on the shelf. Mm. Everybody kind of has the same idea, or they're replacing their furnace filters like they should be. But uh, just keep in mind that it goes over that. And we were te- mentioning MERV rating, and I actually looked it up during the break. MERV stands for Minimum Efficiency Reporting Values, and it's the the size in microns of what the filter will filter out of those particulate particulates, and they go from a MERV uh, one to four, and then they go six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, up to a MERV sixteen, which is weird. That doesn't sound right. That's from the EPA's website, but because yeah, you, you like you said, there's a MERV 13, which does filter out a lot of the smoke that we're we're yeah, in right now. You can smell it in the air when you're breathing the air outside. You can smell it, the campfire smell, but you can't really see 
the contaminants that are in it. But you said you hooked up a, a fan to a furnace filter. Did you notice the furnace filter getting dirty? Um, no. So the furnace filter that I ended up finding, I did find one. It was only a Merv 4. Okay. So it's running, and I have it in the house, and it's still running, and it's still, it's not, it hasn't discolored to a point where it's really dark. Um, I do feel like it's doing something. It's it's definitely helping. Right. So I think, like you said, if I wanted to get one that really, really worked, I'd probably be looking for a Merv 13, but they're well, just not available. There's no doubt that there's stuff in the air we're breathing. Uh, there's some very fine particulates and ash and things that we can't see that's in there. Uh, I mentioned that uh, I could see it coming, see it in the dew that had settled on white buckets uh, after after an evening and then waking up the next morning and the dew had settled on the buckets and that condensation was yellow. Uh, And it was very obvious to me that there were a lot of contaminants in that condensation and that do so it's in there and we're breathing it and so that is the situation that we're in right now so an n95 mask is a good way to help to filter that a merv 13 furnace filter is a good way to filter that but be conscious of it i heard um i heard somebody talking about how it's affecting your lungs breathing this over long periods of time and it it didn't sound good the conversation didn't sound good i'm not i'm not a scientist i don't have that uh, information there but i can tell you that it it doesn't sound good well i heard you know in the where we live the uh air particles in the air the the level was well over 300 yeah that was using epa's uh air now um app that we got off of uh off of Google Play or whatever, but it's uh, they said that that equivalent is smoking eighteen cigarettes a day if you're <laughs> out in the in the smoke all day. Wow, eighteen cigarettes. Yeah, that's uh, that's not good. No. That's that's what I'm saying. That's not good. So anyway, for fall, your body, uh, fall home maintenance, probably the biggest thing on everybody's minds right now is furnace filter. Get that swapped out. I know you probably are thinking about it, but if you aren't, it's a good one to do. Uh, what are some other things, Tony, that we should be doing right now? Probably inside the house. What are some things we should be doing inside the house? Let's let's stay inside until the smoke passes by and everybody's safe to be back outside. What should people be doing? Fall home maintenance inside the house. Well, there's a lot of things, right? We generally, I feel like we generally combine fall home maintenance with like really really deep cleaning at the same time uh here's another thing something that i think of in my mind when i think about fall home maintenance i think about changing my batteries in my smoke detectors oh yeah that's a good one fall home maintenance is the time that i choose to change the batteries in the smoke detectors whether i feel like they need to be changed or not once a year is the commitment that i've made to that and uh, fall home maintenance days are the days that I do it. You know, I tell you what, I bought uh, some of those smoke detectors that you don't have to change the battery ever. You buy the, the, the thing 
and they say that it's good for 10 years. 10 years. That's crazy. Yeah. So you Mm -hmm. put it in there. You don't worry about it for 10 years. Except that I bought one, and I put it in the main room of our house, and that thing has gone off three different times in the middle of the night. Really? Yeah, just randomly gone off. Interesting. So I don't know if I got a bad one. But uh, I think I'm going to go back to the old style where you just replace the batteries. Yeah. I'd rather be have that sense of, you know, like it's done. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah, fall home maintenance. I'm thinking about the fact that I'm a, the weather is going to turn. It's going to be cold. I'm going to be spending a lot less time outside. you spending a lot of time inside. So this is an opportunity for me to prepare the interior of my home for me to sort of hibernate right? I'm going to be in there a lot. I'm going to be breathing the air in there a lot. I'm going to be doing everything that I do in there because it's cold, cold, cold outside, and I won't be spending as much time outside. So I have a tendency to deep clean. I want to clean the dust that has gathered on the top of the ceiling fan. So you do your spring cleaning in the fall? No, 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 no. You just put your spring cleaning off until the fall? Oh, no. (laughs) Spring cleaning also gets done in the spring. But then you have your windows open all summer long, and all of that dust and dirt and stuff that's outside is settling inside the home because you have your windows open a lot. That's true. And you're also sucking air into the house from outside, and uh, and you're cooling it, right, and and using that as your your cool air, but it's still got dirt particles and things in it. So that all has to get cleaned up. And, and before you spend the next months uh, inside your house and not so much time outside. Yeah. So it's a good time to get a little deep clean. That means wiping off the cabinet doors in the kitchen and cleaning off the tops of the ceiling fan and the tops of the baseboards and uh, all of those sort of deep clean things. Get into the closet and vacuum the floor inside the closet. All those dust bunnies. Ooh, yeah. Run the Roomba. Run the Roomba over and over and over until it, until it hates you. <laughs> Have it just keep going and going and going. Run the Roomba. That sounds like a uh, sounds like a Caribbean song or something. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's definitely a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Uh, that runs on its own. Well, we got a lot of home maintenance stuff to talk about, so don't go away. You're listening to Tony Core, your weekend warriors. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now. Here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for sticking around. Today we're talking about fall home maintenance. And uh, we were talking about furnace filters, what seemed like forever. Uh, But a couple of more things that you want to think about with your furnace is it it's not hasn't really been cold enough to crank it on but for some people but if you haven't already you should go turn it on just make sure it works make sure it fires up you might get that burnt dust smell since it hasn't run in a while which is normal 
but it's a good time to do that now before the very first time it gets so cold that you need to run it. And everybody under the sun is calling the HVAC company to come and fix their furnace. Is this the time to have somebody come out and suck out all of your pipes? The ducts? The ducts, yeah. Yes. Uh, getting your ducts clean uh, probably is a pretty good thing to do, do you especially have to after get, all the smoke. Do you have to get them in a row first before you get them clean? I would get them all in a row, yes. Get your ducts in a row and then get them clean. And hold them down with duct tape. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it's it's not, I, I've actually read lots of things about cleaning ductwork and how often that you're supposed to do it isn't nearly as often as the duct cleaning companies say you should. It's kind of one of those things like an oil change, right? Oil change companies say, oh, you're supposed to change your oil every 3,000 miles. Well, most auto manufacturers, if you look in your manual, is somewhere between 5,000 and 6,000 miles, typically. Honestly, if you look in your uh, your owner's manual, it's just a thing to make oil change places make more money, I guess. I don't know. Well, you have to assume that it comes from some research that uh, things start to go bad. Uh, it stops performing after a certain amount of time. I mean, the, these are professionals that manufacturers of products i mean the recommendations have to be somewhere i don't know what makes you think it's it's uh well, just I think, to cost you more money well i think uh the consensus on your heating duct work is that you should get it cleaned when you need it cleaned not necessarily on a regular basis you don't necessarily need to get it cleaned once a year or once Every, you know, six months or whatever somebody's telling you. Here's a good rule of thumb. If you have owned your house for some time and you've never had the ducts lined up in a row and, and cleaned, then cleaned uh, <laughs> it's probably a good time to do it. Yeah, it might not be bad. And then, and then you can start you can start paying attention. Well, we did it in 2020 when uh, when everything was really bad. And then now maybe another time, get some advice from the professionals. Go to an HVAC place and talk to a guy and say, hey, how often do you recommend that this gets done? And then maybe you take that uh, to a couple of other places and get some more opinions. And then and then you can draw your own opinion, an educated opinion. Yeah. But if it, you've never done it, it's time. Potentially. <laughs> Probably. Potentially. Right. The... Uh... <clears throat> we just had all of our ductwork replaced in our house just a few years ago. So yours is probably pretty clean. I'm I'm pretty confident I can just leave it alone for now. But uh, you feel like the dust that is that you, that you have accumulated over time has washed off like water off of a duct's back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like that's the thing too is that your ductwork. Like our ductwork is down in our crawl space, but it's brand new and it's all been sealed. Uh, versus the old ductwork that was in there was open; it didn't have any sealing on the seams. So yes, a lot of stuff got in there. Well, look, I, I this is something I have to say while I'm thinking about it. I heard um, I heard a doctor who was on TV. Uh, he was on the he was on the news, the local news. 
Ooh, he must be good. Well, he was talking about how things work together against you, right? If the air quality is normally at, say, a 100, right? Uh Our normal air quality is at 100. And then you have wildfires, which run it to uh, another level of unsafe. And then you add to that that the dust in your ductwork under your home has also not super clean. You're adding to the poor air quality, making the air quality you're breathing in your home even worse. So everything you add to that, like um, something that you're you're heating by like propane, like propane heat, right? And that adds another element of something. Uh-huh. Then you're then you're adding to uh, something that would normally not add up to be bad, but now with the air quality the way it is, it's getting to even more unsafe levels. So it is a time to think about your air being as clean as you can make it, because it's uh, what what you can't control is already, you know, reaching hazardous levels. True. So the stacking effect. Stacking. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. I mean, you want to get it to, and that's one thing that's easy to do. You can just call a professional, have them come out and clean your ductwork. Keep in mind that it may take some time because I'm sure that they're backed up. So anyway, uh, let's jump on to plumbing. A couple things you want to do to get prepared for wintertime with your plumbing is to take a look and make sure that your pipes aren't going to freeze. Now, it's not as easy for some people, but if your pipes are under, you say you have a crawl space and your pipes are in your crawl space and they're non-insulated, now might be a time to get under there and insulate them, especially if you have uh, crawl space vents. I've seen time and time again where people have had burst pipes where their pipes travel underneath the insulation across one of those openings and then on a really cold day where air is just blowing in there it freezes the pipes instead of saying underneath the insulation let's say below the insulation below but between the insulation and the ground right exposed yeah i mean underneath the insulation kind of leads you to believe that it's protected by the insulation like an under a blanket which is very common these days newer construction they're holding the plumbing up in the insulation where it's more protected but if it's down below the insulation where it's out in the open and is more subject to the cold weather that's Mm -hmm. when you can run into trouble Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. older homes a lot of times are like that yeah, it's uh, anyway, it's a good idea to insulate those pipes and you can buy, you know, those six foot long or five foot long pipe insulation things where they have a they're round. So you just have to find out what size pipe you have, uh, if it's, you know, half inch copper or three quarter inch copper, one inch, whatever it is, you can go in to the store and buy the correct size. And then it's really easy it and it snaps ve- on. Yeah, they're very inexpensive as well. Yeah few dollars per length of I'll tell you what, four foot or six it's foot. It's cheaper than a burst pipe. That's for sure. No question. Uh, if Here's one thing, though, to find out. If you have a burst pipe, find out where your water shutoff valve is. This is a good thing to know before you have a burst pipe. Yeah, or just at any time. Know where that water shutoff valve is, because if you have an issue, you can run out immediately and turn it off. 
And a lot of times it will require a tool. Yeah. A valve shutoff tool, which is like a T-handle tool. It's kind of long, three or four feet long. And it's got a little U-shaped or C-shaped mm-hmm. thing on the bottom, which allows you to grab a hold of that mechanism and spin it to the off position or closed position. Yeah. My particular shutoff on the house I live in is only like six inches under the ground. But I've seen uh, pictures of some that are 10 feet underground, as odd as that is. But it you just have to know. If you can't reach it, you need to have one of those to get to it. we got to take another quick break. When we come back, more fall home maintenance to protect your home and your investment. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your weekend warriors. Don't go away. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Hey, if you haven't already, go check out our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest pages. We're at WW Home Show. Uh, you can find our Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show on YouTube. It's uh, Weekend Warriors, or it's WW Home Show on there as well, right? That's right. If you search in the search bar, Weekend Warriors, sometimes you have to keep typing Home Improvement, and we'll come up. Or you can type Par Lumber there, and it'll pop up the Weekend Warriors. Or if you don't want to do any of that, you can go to par.com. That's P-A-R-R.com. Click on the Weekend Warriors link. That'll take you over to our page. Uh, if you do miss any of our shows that you want to catch up on, you can find us on anywhere where you get your podcasts. Podcasts. Google Google Podcast, Google Play. There's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. That's right. So wherever you, uh, if you if you haven't ever listened to podcasts, it's a really cool thing to do. You can go in, you can, it tells you all the ones that you've never heard, and you can just download them all. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is. It's a good time. Podcasts approved for long drives, or you know, if you're standing in the kitchen cooking or whatever. There's lots of lots of good stuff. Tons of good information out there. Yes, sir. Okay, so we've been talking about. Fall home maintenance. And there's a lot of things uh, within the maintenance of the fall in your house. You know, something we didn't talk about is if you heat your home with a furnace, not with a furnace, if you heat your home with a wood stove or with a fireplace, which is also very common, that is something that needs to be maintenanced regularly. A fireplace, for example... The flue in the fireplace gets soot built up in there, of course, which you know if you own a fireplace and use it regularly. And, of course, that needs to be cleaned. Fall home maintenance. That's the time to have a chimney sweep come out and sweep the chimney and get all that soot out of there because that soot can catch fire. And then you can end up actually inadvertently uh, losing embers out through the top of the fireplace. And those, of course, can ignite something outside in in a very dry situation like we've got right now. So that's something to be very 
cautious about as well. Uh, yeah, getting your chimney cleaned is definitely high up there, especially if you use it during the winter months. If you're like me and you don't really use it, uh, it's probably not necessity to get it clean. But one thing you can do is to, to ensure that it is sealed up inside. There's a flue. Make sure that's closed. Um, if it doesn't have a good seal, you can always you know, have someone come out and take a look at it and, and clean that up and make sure it is sealed. Because that thing is just a giant hole in your roof that cold air will get drawn in. Whenever you turn your furnace on, it's going to draw cold air or air from wherever it can. And if the chimney's wide open, boom, that's where it's coming from. Have you ever had any experience with soot in your chimney catching fire? I have not. Have you? Well, not in my chimney, but I did have, uh, I've told this story oh, on the show a few Traeger. times. On my smoker, yeah. I had not been properly cleaning my smoker, and soot had accumulated up in the in the flue of the smoker, and um, I was cooking a turkey for hours and hours, nine or ten hours, and uh, I did have the, the soot up in the flue got caught, caught flame, and I had to put that out. That was, uh, it could have been a very, very um, bad situation, but we caught it early and put it out, and... Uh, and we moved on, but it's something to be very cautious about. If you're burning and there's a flu, whether it's a fireplace or a smoker, you got to make sure you keep that soot cleaned out of there. Yeah, very true. All right, so uh, next on the list is attic ventilation. Uh, this is a one, one of the things that we talk about all the time. And one of the biggest benefits to checking out your attic is heat loss in the, in the wintertime. You don't notice it as much in the summertime, uh, but in the winter, you you have to realize that the insulation in your attic acts as almost a warm hat on your house. And if you don't have enough insulation up there, it's very, and it's very thin, you're going to lose that heat. Since it rises, you're going to lose it through the lid of your home. So you can go up there and quickly check to see if you have enough. Take a yardstick or a ruler uh, and walk up into your attic if you have access to it easily and just drop it down in until you hit the drywall. You might want to stab around just in case you're not hitting the top of your joist or anything. Uh, but I think on average, you're supposed to have 24 inches of insulation up there. Is that right? Something something in that realm I would, today? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what that's supposed to be, but if you go up there and it's not somewhere near that amount, you're there's definitely an opportunity for you to add to it. We know that you can't have too much insulation up in your attic, although having said that, you could potentially be spending more than you're getting back out of it. So if you were to pack your entire attic space with insulation, the amount of money that you would spend putting it up there, you would not necessarily recuperate all of that money right. in energy savings, but you definitely will lose money if uh, there's not enough. So making sure there's at least enough and maybe a little bit more than that can certainly help your pocketbook. Yeah, I was totally wrong. It's our R38 is approximately 14 inches. So that's what you want. That's your goal is about 14 inches of insulation. 
Uh, but I will say that there is another aspect in your attic that is killing your heat loss, which is air leaks. One of the most efficient things that you can do to your home, one of the best things and least expensive things is to air seal. And what I mean by that is every time you cut a hole in your ceiling for a light fixture, a can light, uh, anything, around the perimeter of that is a rough hole in the sheetrock, let's say. And then there's like usually a beauty trim that covers it up. Well, all you have between your downstairs area or your living area and your attic space is that little trim. And a lot of times it's not airtight. So air will travel very easily between those two. And that is your number one biggest point of heat loss is when you have air leaks in your lid. So what I would do, and I've done it on my house, is you take a can of spray foam or a couple cans of spray foam. And before you add a bunch of insulation, walk around inside the attic and spray foam around all of those penetrations and seal them up. It's that easy. Yeah, when you run your heater or your uh, furnace, it is uh, pulling replacement air for the air that it's that it's pushing out, right? It's pulling it replacement air, and it's pulling it from the easiest point of access. In some places, sometimes that can be your crawl space or around your doors and windows or wherever you don't have it really, really well sealed. The same goes for around outlets and light fixtures in your attic. So if it's easy access for the air to travel through that space, then that's where it will come from. And so you definitely want to make sure that you've sealed that up as much as possible because heat rises and it will go right out through those holes if it's if it has the opportunity. Right. So seal those up and then add the insulation. Uh, the best thing to do is loose fill. Typically, you would put loose fill in there up into the, the top of your ceiling joists. And then you come in with fiberglass insulation and roll it back and forth over top perpendicular to your joists, your ceiling joists. And that will make for a nice air resistant blanket blanket. and your heating bill will like you yeah absolutely that's uh that is a great tip uh also the around the screens that are at this soffit right where you you have this circulation path where air fresh air comes in from outside and goes out through the roof vents in the top Um, you need to make sure of course that you've got baffles in there and baffles go to make sure that your insulation is not covering up those vent spaces so that the air can come and go the way that it's supposed to comes in through the sides out through the top. That's important. Make sure that your insulation is down below those vents so that that air can get in and go out. And now is also a good time to check those vents for rodents, for birds, for plant life. If you've got tall trees that want tend to creep in, You want to make sure all of that stuff is cleared out around those vents. All right, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be going outside and talking about some of the stuff you can do outside. You're listening to Tony Corey, your weekend warriors. Don't go away. You're listening. 
Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. I'm Corey Valdez. I'm Tony Cookston. Thanks for staying with us today. We're talking about fall home maintenance, getting ready for the winter time. And uh, we spent a lot of time talking about cleaning out your furnace and your chimney and your attic and getting that thing all sealed up. But let's jump outside and talk about some of the things you should be doing uh, to the outside to ensure that you have a nice, healthy lawn comes springtime. And uh, I, you know, I'm a firm believer in raking leaves. I know it's really easy to get out there with the blower and blow those leaves over into a corner and then, you know, scoop them over onto a tarp or whatever, or fill up bags and, and get rid of them. But one thing that's really healthy for grass is raking. You're getting rid of all of the uh, debris, you're cleaning up all of the, you know, the, the leaves and the, all the stuff that's down in there, the, the, the bag, thatch. the thatch. Thank you. That's the word I was thinking of. Uh, but all that stuff, you rake that out and it aerates that lawn and it just makes it look so much better and it helps it stay healthy. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. I can uh, tell you about hours and hours and hours that I've spent out in my lawn with one of those, uh, Five tying rakes or whatever that is, ten or, ten tying rakes. You know the oh, really thatching or just, or just like a metal rake. Yeah, just a metal rake. Just and it is it is dethatching a lot of that. You know the you have that stuff that gets in there and stays in there and doesn't want to come out. And and a plastic rake a lot of times will just bounce right over the top of it, and not really give you the deep penetration into the grassroots that you really need right but that is a lot it's back-breaking work there's no question it really if you have a large area i always recommend getting your lawn dethatched with a dethatching machine uh, it's like a heavy duty turning super speed rake that just spins and knocks up all of that thatch uh, there's a group of guys that come through my neighborhood every spring and they you know, door knockers on everybody's house and you can sign up and it's like 30 bucks. They come through and they dethatch your whole lawn. And if you pay like 40 bucks, they'll even aerate it. You pay like 50 bucks and they'll take all the stuff with them. Yeah. So, I mean, it's totally worth it to me to have them do that. Cause I have a fairly decent sized lawn. So if you do have one, I would recommend having somebody come in or, or rent one. You can rent the machines yourself if you want to do it yourself. Uh, but it's so good for your grass. All of that stuff, thatch, gets it's like the dead grass and all of the stuff that gets stuck down and creates a layer of intertwined dead material that won't allow the soil to breathe and it won't allow moisture and rain to get down where it needs to be into the tree roots. It like suffocates the grass. So you want to get that stuff out of there. Same thing with moss. Keep in our area, you know, in the valley, we get tons and tons of moss growth. So it's it's a really good thing to keep that stuff under control. And one thing about the the probably the biggest thing that you want to do this fall is after you've cleaned all the grass, you want to fertilize it and reseed it. 
It's the best time to do that in the fall. Because as you, as the fall, as the grass starts to slow down and stop growing, it actually continues to grow the other way. It grows down, the roots get longer to prepare for wintertime. So fertilizing it now, making sure that you have a really strong base. So when the snow melts off or the rain stop in our case in the summertime or in the springtime, it'll look really, really good. Here's another little tip about moss. Moss. You can put moss killer or moss be gone or whatever the the stuff is that you use to treat your moss and and it will kill all of that moss and turn it brown, right? Like you've seen that so much. And then you feel like you've accomplished that goal. But here's the thing. If you don't get that moss out from where it was when you killed it, if you kill it and then leave it there if you don't broom it or rake it or remove it and scoop it up that stuff comes back to life it doesn't uh it doesn't stay dead does it turn into zombie moss (laughs) i feel like that it might and it comes back with a vengeance so not only do you have to kill it but you have to remove it you have to separate it from what it has been growing on and you have to get out of there or it will come back and then you'll end up doing the work twice yeah, it's interesting. Moss is kind of a byproduct of unhealthy soil. Uh, if, if you want to keep moss under control, you have to supplement the soil in different ways. And it's the easiest way to find out what you need is to take a soil sample. I mean, there are places you can buy soil sample kits. You just take a little sample and you send it in. It'll tell you you know, what the pH is in your lawn, if you have too much iron or not enough iron or, or, or all of these acidity of the soil and those sorts of things. But if you have a really hard time with moss, I would highly recommend doing that. Just go online, Amazon or something. You can buy a kit. They mail it to you, drop some dirt in it and send it in. Hey, the same thing goes with the moss that grows on your roof. And this is a good opportunity to talk about the roof. As, you're go- as we're going into fall, you want to get up on the roof and check that out. If you've got moss that's up on the roof, dead moss from, uh, from last winter that you treated and killed and didn't get off of the roof, I know I need to get up onto my roof and remove dead moss from the roof. And here's something else that I noticed, Corey. We had some really bad wind here just uh, in the Pacific Northwest just about a week ago. Uh, is some really heavy wind, which was causing the wildfires around the area to spread rapidly. And it it was really a bad situation. It also caused a lot of damage to shingled composition roofing on homes and sheds around the area. I noticed that I have some peeled back and missing composition roof shingles on, on my shed that need to be replaced ASAP before the rain and snow starts. So this is a time to check the roof. Make sure that you're not missing any roof shingles or other composition roof um, parts on your shed or garage or house and get those replaced right away. That will cause a major issue for you going forward if you don't get those replaced. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, we actually had on our home a couple of years ago now uh, where I had some buildup of debris tree debris around one of my vents in my roof and my roof is brand new and we came home 
to a giant puddle of water in our kitchen because the debris that was trapped around that roof, we had a really, really hard rain. And it caused, it acted like a ramp. And it just allowed that rain to come in and down that thing. The roof vent. The roof vent. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the de- same the thing. Debris collected around the roof vent right. and created a little ramp for water to run right, right over the top and right down through the vent hole. So it's it's uh, it happens quick. If you have a missing shingle or a loose shingle or stuff around a debris around a vent, I mean that rain comes in and it is relentless. So I would recommend checking that out and get it fixed right away. Yep. All right, we got to take another quick break. When we come back, more fall home maintenance tips. You're listening to Tony Corey, your weekend warriors. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today we're talking about fall home maintenance. And uh, we were just talking about raking your lawn, getting rid of moss. Uh, But probably the next thing you need to think about doing is cleaning your gutters. I know I have to clean my gutters all the time. I get uh, a big rain, and next thing you know, I have Niagara Falls pouring down the entire backside of my house because my downspouts have been clogged with pine needles. My house is surrounded in pines. So if you have trees growing out of your gutters, as I've seen in my neighborhood, uh, or seedlings, saplings, you know, or you can physically see the pine needles pouring out of them, uh, it's probably time to get up there and clean them out. We've talked on this show relentlessly about uh, the, the damage that water can cause coming off your roof and not being properly properly drained. You can undermine your foundation. You can get water into your crawl space. And these are things that you don't want to deal with because your foundation is literally the foundation of your home. And if you're undermining parts of it without even knowing it or causing that ground to get really, really wet, it's going to settle differently, and you're going to get a lot of problems. It might start sinking in areas. You'll notice it because doors might start closing weird or your windows aren't closing properly. So it's time to, uh, you need to think about that. And if your gutters are full and water's not being taken away, that could be a big factor. You're going up on the roof anyways. You're going up on the roof to look at your shingles to make sure that you're not missing any shingles or have any that have... Uh, folded back or or um, have, have taken damage, right? So you've got to check on the roof anyways while you're up there. Check out the downspouts and the gutters. I know um, I've just recently had all of my gutter spikes replaced with gutter screws in order to suck the gutter back up tight to the truss tails because it they had gotten loose and I was experiencing some damage to the plywood on my eaves because the gutter had pulled away and the water was dripping down and soaking into the end of the the plywood that is covering my eaves and even caused the paint to peel because it had gotten so wet. So 
I got that taken care of, and uh, I'm really glad that I did before this winter season. But you need to make sure that you're managing your water, that your home is managing the water that's coming soon. It's managing it properly. It's got to get down the downspouts, and it's got to come out where it's supposed to come out and get out of there. Because if it's not, it's going to be dropping down, like you said, where your foundation is, and you don't want that. So test your gutters and your downspouts. Check them for debris. Make sure that they're clean. And then test your downspouts. Make sure that they're not clogged. You can snake a downspout if you need to snake it. If you can't seem to get it out, you can disconnect your downspout from your gutter and get in there with whatever you need to to make sure that it is free of debris and that water is able to travel down your downspouts and get into your rain drain and out to where it's supposed to go. This is exceedingly important, and you have many downspouts on your home. Check all of the gutters, all of the downspouts, and then make sure that you have some sort of a filter that's in the top of your downspout where the water goes from your gutter to your downspout. A downspout bulb or a a, some sort of screen that keeps bulk material from getting down there. And um, that will keep your downspouts flowing water like they're supposed to. Exceedingly important. But now's the time to test it. Don't wait until we have a torrential downpour to find out that you've got downspouts that are plugged. Yeah, and it's it's amazing how how fast they get plugged, honestly. And it probably depends on the type of gutter you have. Like, I have those... Uh, rectangular downspouts that go into my gutter and I highly don't recommend them because they get clogged constantly uh, versus the round ones that I've typically had over the years. Uh, So anyway, yeah, it just probably depends. And it's not always debris from shrubs or trees or organic material. Sometimes rodents, sometimes it's GI Joe. Sometimes it's a te- parachute, a tennis ball, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's uh, it's something that shouldn't be. Um, but a lot of times it is just organic material. You just got to get that cleaned out. It's, it's very important. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, I actually saw a video recently of a, an animal. I can't remember what kind of animal it was like a squirrel or something or a possum climbing down a downspout. On a, it was a commercial building, but they showed the video of this animal going over to the downspout and then shoving its way down this little hole and then climbing down to the bottom of this building. It was crazy. That is crazy. Couldn't imagine if it got stuck in there. Yeah, well, it's that's uh, it's a very good idea to keep those to keep some sort of a screen up there uh, in order to keep that sort of a thing from happening. Yeah. Uh, so what are some other things out there that we need to be taking a look at? Well, you need to inspect your foundation. We talked about how water can damage it. You need to inspect your foundation for cracks and uh, make sure that if you've got cracks in your foundation or voids uh, in the foundation that you get that filled because water will get in there and it will freeze. And when it freezes, it expands and it causes that crack to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And time goes by so fast when you haven't been checking it regularly and winters come and go and those cracks will get larger and larger. I've seen it happen at my own property on my driveway. We get a little crack and I ignore it for 
a short period of time. And the next time I go back, it's gone from a, an eighth inch crack to a quarter inch crack to a half inch crack. And <clears throat> that's just allowing more water to get down in there and making the crack bigger and allowing water to cause the dirt underneath there to wash away or settle down. And it just creates voids underneath there. And that can be an enormous problem. I know we've told this story on the show before, but there was a time where Tony and I were on a fishing trip in Astoria, Oregon, and we were walking down the street after leaving dinner. We had some dinner somewhere and we're walking down the street. It's nighttime. And you remember this? We stumbled upon a crack in the sidewalk at the corner of the sidewalk in a building. And it looked really deep. And I don't remember. We took a flashlight from our phone and started to try and see the bottom of this giant, you know, crevasse. It seemed like in in the sidewalk. Really? And we were dropping rocks in there. And that thing, I don't know how deep it was. It was deep. Very deep. This, this, This sidewalk that we were walking on had become a bridge. And everything, all the dirt and gravel that were supposed to be supporting the sidewalk had eroded away because of years and years of water running down through that crack and just eroding the dirt underneath it. And it happens like that. It goes unnoticed. It goes untreated. And and you can cause a very seriously dangerous situation. Fill those cracks in concrete because... When water gets in there, it will erode the dirt underneath and and cause a, a serious situation. So, yes, absolutely. We've seen it yep. firsthand. Yep. But uh, anyway, let's uh, let's talk about some, something else uh, about the crawl space. Uh, we talked about keeping water out. But one of the other things that we want to keep out of your crawl space is rodents and pests. Wintertime is prime, prime time for squirrels and possums and whatever else to try and dig under your foundation to take advantage of holes cut in your foundation vents. Sometimes you'll have the cable person come over to install cable at your house and they just poke a the, hole. Yeah, poke a hole or cut the, the stuff right out of there. And what happens is the squirrel comes along and says, oh, look at that. It's amazing how small bite, bite, of a bite. hole yep. they can get through. And then they'll go in there and nest, and then they die, and then that smell becomes very prominent for you. Yeah. we got to take another quick break. When we come back, more Weekend Warriors don't go away. Listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors. Thanks for staying with us today. We're talking about fall home maintenance, things you need to be doing right now to be getting ready for the the winter. I guess not getting ready for the fall because fall is here in a few days. So uh, there's a lot of things that Tony and I are covering today that you need to just be thinking about and or starting to do right now. If you haven't already, go check out our uh, social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Uh, you can search us at WW Home Show, or you can go to par.com and click on the Weekend Warriors link. If you're interested in watching any of our podcasts, a lot of them are on YouTube. 
uh, but there is a big majority of them over on uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. So uh, yeah, go check those out. Anyway, uh, today we're talking about fall home maintenance. Tony, one of the things that <clears throat> we've done together in our lifetime is install a sump pump. We did this on my kitchen or in my crawl space. Uh, we had tons and tons of water down in my crawl space, and you helped me uh, dig trenches in my crawl space, fill them with rock, and install a sump pump. We had a low point drain or a pit, low point pit that we filled with uh, this big barrel, this big plastic barrel uh, that also we put rock in and then a sump pump. And I tell you what, that thing works like a charm. It keeps my crawl space dry. And uh, it's something you should consider if you have a lot of water in your crawl space because it's very unhealthy. That starts with you going into your crawl space, which a lot of people don't want to do. But there is an access point in your home that will allow you to open that door, that little hatch, and get down into your crawl space and check it out. You should familiarize yourself with your crawl space if you haven't already. And this is the time to do that. Get down into your crawl space. It's no fun down there. It's dank and yucky, right? Um, a lot of times, but you need to know what's going on underneath the floor of your home. So familiarize yourself with your crawl space, get down there and crawl around underneath there to the places that you can get to and check that space for standing water. If you've got standing water in your crawl space, you do need to deal with it and you need to mitigate standing water. Installing a sump pump is one way to get that done. Keeping water from going into your crawl space is something you'll want to do after you determine that you have it. If you do have water in your crawl space and you're going to install a sump pump, you want to know where it's coming from. Why is it there? That was a, a very big part of the project that Corey and I took on under his home was first to determine where is the water coming from. And honestly, it was not a super easy determination. No. We spent a lot of time. Uh, checking out all of the situations underneath there to find out where it was coming from, which led to the bigger problem that we needed to solve. But in, and, and we did find the source of the water and we did solve that problem. But we, in the meantime, we installed a sump pump that, that gets rid of the water once it gets there so that it's not standing under there. You don't want to have it in there. If it's coming through cracks in your foundation or, coming underneath your foundation, or if it were in Corey's case, his, uh, his air conditioning unit was my condensation line was leaving condensate, um, was routing it back underneath the house instead of away from the house, like it was supposed to. And we did get that fixed. But if you, if you get underneath the house and whether you find water or don't find water, if you find a sump pump, that's already there, you need to make sure that it's working properly. So take some water down there and maybe a couple of gallons of water in, a, in some jugs. Dump that down there into your sump pump and make sure that, it, that the float is coming up and that the water is turning it on and that it's uh, getting rid of that water like it's supposed to. That's the way it works. A sump pump sits down at the lowest point underneath your home and then the water is, is routed to that spot by trenches that 
um, are, you know, have a drop. So if it starts at one level and it drops a certain amount of inches over a certain amount of feet, then the water runs to that low point. And there's a float on the sump, which when the water gets down there, it causes the float to rise. And when the float reaches a certain point, it turns the sump pump on. Sump pump pumps the water out to someplace outside of your foundation and gets rid of that water. You want to make sure that your sump pump, if you have one, is working. And if you don't have a sump pump, but you have standing water, this is a time to get one installed and make sure that it's working properly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A um, couple more things outside the house since you're out there. Uh, it's a good time to inspect the caulking in joints around your home. Uh, typically, where siding meets a corner, you'll have a caulk joint. Or where siding meets trim or on a window, you'll have caulk. Um, anywhere where there's caulking, you want to inspect it. Because that caulking is your first line of defense against water intrusion. Uh, newer homes that have been built typically will have several lines of defense, right? You'll have a, a, a drainage paper that is against your home. Weather-resistive barrier. Yeah. Yep. You'll have a, a some, some sort of uh, barrier that when the water hits it, finally, it should drain behind it. Um, then you'll have your cladding and then you'll have your flashing, you know, so a lot of the newer homes built, but a lot of the old ones didn't. A lot of the old homes have a bead of caulking and that's it. That's all you get. So if that caulking starts to split or shrink or crack, then you're inviting water sometimes directly into your home and you won't notice it at first. Water is a slow killer. Yeah. It comes in and it drips and it drips and it drips and then it gets wet and then it doesn't dry. And then it gets more wet and it doesn't dry. And then after a year or two years or three years, it starts to rot. And once it started to rot, you're in big trouble. That rot spreads like cancer in there. And uh, then the, the underneath, underneath the siding on your house, that uh, the structure of the home is starting to fail in that area. And the larger that area of rot becomes, the more money you're going to spend trying to get it fixed. So the way you avoid that is to make sure that your caulking is keeping the water out like it's supposed to. So if you look at the caulking between the siding and the trim board, and you can see that it has separated um, or split or pulled away from one side or the other. And you can see a black shadow line in there um, where there's a gap. That is something that needs to be filled. Now, you don't just take a tube of caulking and squirt it in there. You need to remove that old caulking, clean up that space, and then you need to put a new bead of caulk in that spot. I feel like the, a home is supposed to be recalked every five or ten years, Um and, and it, we don't do a really good job of, of following that uh, parameter. So you do need to take a really good look at it, check it, and make sure that your caulking is performing for you. This is the time to do that now before the wind and rain comes because you, don't, you won't be out there in the rain uh, replacing your caulking. <laughs> you need to do it now ahead of time. Yeah, totally. It's a good tip. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is buy a high quality sealant. Uh, NP100 by Master Seal is a fantastic one. Uh, Quad Max is another really good one. Uh, those those two, you don't want to use uh, 
in interior caulking ever. Right, right. You don't want to use um, anything that's going to shrink. You want something that's going to be flexible for a long time. And then you won't have to redo it in a few years when it starts to split and crack again. Right. So, and now's the time to check that out. The other thing you want to look at while you're looking at your windows, uh, check for peeling paint. And also look at the weep holes on your window. Those are those little slots at the bottom of the window that allow uh, water when it gets into the window frame that allows the water to drain out. And a lot of times, especially me, like in my area, we've got those uh, bees. Insects. Those bees that like to nest in there. Yeah, you got to keep those clean so the water can get out. All right, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, more Fall Home Maintenance. You're listening to Tony Core, Your Week in Warriors. Don't go away. Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today we're talking about fall home maintenance. Uh, it's right around the corner. Fall will be here in a few days. Tuesday, as a matter of fact. So uh, now's the time to be thinking about some of this stuff. Uh, we've been working outside. We've been talking about things you can do outside of your home, like caulking around your windows, replacing some rotted trim if you see any. Uh, if you have peeling paint, it's a you really need to take care of that. People, people that have peeling paint means that it's lived its life. The paint is has lived its life and has bought the farm. It's gone. <laughs> you need to scrape it, prime it, and repaint it. You cannot paint new paint over top of old peeling paint without removing it. Or if it's bubbled paint, it's the same thing. If you put it over top of what's there, the new paint is only as good as the surface that you're putting it on. I mean, you could put brand new paint on a piece of paper, but it's still going to blow away. You know, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't protect anything underneath it if it's if it's just going to peel off with the substrate that's underneath of it. Yeah, so, the adhesion is is most important, which right. is why you prime first. Right. Get really good adhesion and it's got to be to the bare material, not to something that's already on it that's peeling off. And if it's peeling already, then water's getting in. If it's getting in, it chances are it's going to start rotting. Right. Even if it's made out of cedar. I've heard this before. People say, oh, my, my trim cedar. It'll last forever. That's not true. I mean, pressure-treated wood will rot given the right circumstances. So same thing with cedar. Cedar, yes, will live longer than a piece of pine, but it uh, you do need to take care of it and maintain it. This is the time to prepare for what's coming in the winter. And we, we know that in the Pacific Northwest, we do get some ice and snow and some uh, some dangerous conditions with the cold and the wet and the icy. So this is a time to stock up on ice melt, for example, and a snow shovel. Get out and buy some ice melt and a snow shovel and have it on hand because when the snow and ice comes, there isn't oftentimes a lot of pre-warning. And if you wait until that time, first of all, you have to traverse that 
to get out to buy the stuff. And then, of course, when you get out to buy the stuff, everybody else in and around your area dealing with the same thing is also <laughs> buying that stuff. And a lot of times the suppliers where you're buying it have also not necessarily been prepared. And so they haven't maybe bought enough to cover something that was unforeseen, right? I'll tell you right now, I will guarantee you there's not more than 12 snow shovels in stock at any place in the Portland area. It's just the way it is. It's, it was the same way with the pandemic. The pandemic came yes. along and the face masks and the rubber gloves and the you know, the protective eye covering, Toilet paper. Um, face masks, toilet paper. All of that stuff were at normal levels for normal times. And then something big happened and suddenly we were short of supply and a lot of people were without it. So it's something that you should have on hand. Yeah, it's uh, in preparation for what's a good be idea coming. to go buy it. Like I said, buy it right now. That way you have it. You don't have to worry about it. Another one is tire chains. If you know for a fact that you're going to be driving around in a snowstorm that you have to, you work at a position where you are required to be to work. Maybe you're the person that drives the snowplow. Maybe you're the doctor that needs to get to the emergency room. You need tire chains in your vehicle. And then don't wait until the day of the snowstorm. Because I remember the last one, we I went out and I tried to find a snow shovel. I went out and I tried to buy ice melt and I tried to find snow chains. And every single store laughed at me. Yeah. And here's something else. As long as you're going out to get tire chains for your tires for your vehicle so that you can operate it in icy conditions, you should practice putting them on and taking them off. Not a bad idea. You you need to know how to do it. It's not super difficult, but it's a lot harder when it's 10 or 12 outside as opposed to when it's nice like this. So (laughs) this is the time to practice putting it on so that you can limit the amount of time that you have to spend outside doing it when it is yucky, yucky weather. So, uh, I mean, we, we don't get a lot of practice Um, putting on and taking off chains on our tires because we're not typically, you know, have that kind of weather commonly, right? But uh, unless you're, of course, in Bend, maybe where you see it more often or up in the Mount Hood area. Yeah. Uh, I tell you one thing. We've talked about this. We just did, you know, emergencies preparedness not too long ago. September is Emergency Preparedness Month, but if you don't have that emergency preparedness kit in your vehicle, uh, what we would call a get-home bag, I would highly recommend doing that. Right now, put it together, either get on Amazon or go to the store and buy all those things that we talked about on that show, and just put it in your, put it in your vehicle. It's good to have it. You never know when you're going to be stuck in a snowstorm and not be able to get home. Yeah, we actually got some feedback from some of our listeners who said they really appreciated uh, the conversation that we had about a about a get-home bag or a, a bug-out bag and the types of things that would you would want to have in there in case of an emergency. And, um, you know, they, they said, I'm, I'm listening on the radio, of course, while I'm driving. I don't have a pen or paper. Can you get that list out to me? I would love to have that list so I can begin to put my bag together. That, that was great feedback. We loved hearing that. Um, But the time to put that together 
is ahead of time. Now, don't wait until you're in the emergency situation when you're trying to make that happen. Yeah. Nope. Absolutely right. That's why they call it preparedness. <laughs> prepared. Be prepared ahead of time. It's uh, it's a good thing. All right. So a couple more things we've got on our list here. Uh, since we're outside, it's a good time to put that last coat of sealer on your deck, uh, especially if it's something that you use throughout the, the season. Uh, if you've got a front porch made of wood that you use every day, it's a good time to get that thing cleaned up and sealed. If it's not, you could potentially have some mold and mildew growth on it, which we all know gets really, really slippery. So take care of that now. Uh, cover all of your patio furniture. Put that stuff away. Patio <laughs> furniture is expensive. And uh, it's one of those things that you don't want to buy over and over and over. So if you take care of it right now, you you know you're not going to be having any barbecues towards the end of the, end of the year. Uh, st- start packing it away. Put the chairs, put the pillows, uh, all that stuff in your shed or Maybe you just cover it up. So we had that big wind event we were talking about just recently that oh, yeah. caused me to lose some shingles off of my shed roof. Uh, you know what else it, it did? It lifted the umbrella right out of my patio set, patio table and chairs and umbrella, lifted the umbrella right up out of there and dropped it down right on top of the glass patio table and shattered the glass on the top of my <laughs> patio table. Oh, man, that stinks. <clears throat> There's no way I could have seen that wind coming or known that it would do what it did. Of course, I wasn't in town anyways. I was out of town. Well, but, we uh, saw it coming because they, they talked about it on the news. Did they? Which? It was 109 where I was. Yeah, so. you were in uh, Arizona. Yeah. But uh, here, yeah, they talked about it on the news. So that was, one of the, that was the first thing we did. We took our umbrellas and we put them away because we know... I mean, what is an umbrella but a giant wind sail? Well, thanks for running over to my house and putting mine away for me. You're only an hour away. <laughs> yeah, but those are the types of events I feel like that you need to be prepared for. The time is now. Put away your patio furniture and protect it from damage um, because those, you know, the cushions, uh, while they are meant to be outside, they go through a couple of winters and they need to be replaced. Yeah. So you got to keep those inside, keep them fresh so you don't spend that extra money replacing your patio Furniture cushions. Here's another one. If you own a humidifier, uh, depending on where you live, it can get really dry in the wintertime. It seems counterintuitive for it to get really dry in the Portland area because it rains pretty much the entire wintertime. But even when it's raining, it can be really dry in your home because you're running your furnace all of the time because it's cold. When it gets really dry, some people are really, really affected by it. You know, dry skin makes their throats really scratchy, so you have a humidifier. And if you haven't turned that thing on in a long time, you probably want to get in there and clean that thing out. You don't want to just throw some water in it and, and go to town because bacteria can grow in those things, and then you're causing yourself some dangerous levels of mold or whatever. You're just pumping that right back into the room. So If you own a generator, make sure you fire that up and make sure that it's got fresh oil and gasoline in it because um, we are experiencing some power outages, even some intentional power outages with the wildfires. Be ready for that. Generator is something you want to be able to work when you need a tip. That's all the time we got. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Your Weekend Warriors right here. Weekend Warriors Radio Network. Have a great week.